0: Hello, Moonwalkers, and welcome to another episode of Moonwalk Talks. All your energy into your feet, throwing out like fire. <laughs> welcome to Moonwalk Talks, the Michael Jackson podcast that searches out the facts, stories and theories about the king of pop, Michael Jackson. Please follow at Moonwalk Talks on Twitter and Instagram, and please don't forget to rate and review Moonwalk Talks on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And to all those watching on YouTube, please smack that subscribe button upside its head and give this a like. I totally appreciate it. I am your host, Jenkins, the host that is tired of explaining to people why I refuse to play R. Kelly when I DJ, but I still play Michael Jackson. It's because R. Kelly is actually guilty, and Michael Jackson is innocent. 100% innocent. R. Kelly actually preyed on little kids. He has admitted it, and has continued to do it over and over throughout the years. So no i won't play step in the name of love r kelly is a sick perverted old rapist <sighs> Okay. allegedly so yeah let's get right into the episode <laughs> This episode of Moonwalk Talks is my full interview with the fantastic Kip Lennon. So you could say it's more of a bonus episode or more like an extension of the last episode, uh, the Michael Jackson Simpsons mystery that just came out. Uh, So if you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it before you listen to this. Kip Lennon was such a treat to get the chance to chat with. He was so friendly and he was a huge help in the construction of of the last episode. Um, I had reached out to him online with a couple of just simple questions about his work on the Flintstone Kid special, and I was thinking he would just like reply back with some simple answers, but to my amazement, he offered to chat on the phone, and we ended up talking about his entire experience. We also ended up chatting about all kinds of random Michael Jackson-related topics that I didn't quite get to include in the Simpsons episode. Um, Like his work on Jackson's The American Dream or when he had to cover for his friend that was hired as a background singer on This Is It before Michael passed. Um, A bunch of other really neat stories. Um, And I just have to note that when he revealed in our conversation that he was the voice of Michael Raisin from the California Raisins commercial, this was actually the first time it had been documented. So, these two episodes are actually really special to Moonwalk Talks, because normally I'm just compiling the facts from different articles and books and stories and you know stuff like that, that most of the stuff's already been told. Um, but this is the first time in Moonwalk Talks history that we are actually part of the Michael Jackson story. So, with that being said, another huge thanks to Kip Lennon for everything, and here is the full interview with Kip Lennon.
1: Hello. 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 Is
0: this
2: hello? Is this Mr. Lennon? Yes. So this is uh, Jenkins with the Michael Jackson podcast.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you? I'm sorry. I I didn't recognize the number, and I'm driving, and I couldn't see who was. Calling. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah would, you like me,
2: would you like me to call you back another time?
1: No, no. As long as you can hear me, it's actually perfect timing because I'm just stuck in traffic driving. So.
3: It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old LA traffic, eh? Yeah,
1: yeah. How are you?
2: So I'm good. how are you doing?
1: okay good you can hear me you can hear
2: me okay yeah, I can hear you great great okay
1: cool
2: all right so um, yeah so, so the reason the reason why I was calling is because um I'm doing a I'm doing an episode all about Michael Jackson and The Simpsons, and of course, I'm going down the rabbit hole and uh <laughs> trying yeah. to figure out you know like because you know there's still a lot of mystery uh compared to you know like why he didn't do the singing, um, why he wasn't credited, because some say it's a contract, others say it was because of,
3: um,
2: uh, because he wanted to make play a joke on his brothers. And so yeah. I started looking around and of course I see other situations where the exact same thing happened. Like as a as assistant store, he, he maybe did the spoken, uh, the spoken parts, but he didn't do the singing. Like, um, Within the uh, well, he didn't do anything at all for the Flintstones, kids. But I felt that you did, and yeah. so I was very curious about it because I, I happened couldn't I couldn't find anything about it on the internet um, aside yeah. from you know just
3: credits.
1: Um, yeah. Well, it's so cause when I got originally the reason, um, well, it's it's a <laughs> it all sort of it's a long story, but I, I sort of grew up doing imitations my whole life. Not like I'm going to grow up and be one of those you know impersonator people, but it was just fun. I come from a huge family, and everybody's really funny, and everybody's really musical, so it was just a natural extension to, you know, every one of my brothers and sisters can imitate somebody, you know? And I used to do imitate lots of people. It wasn't like I was this guy who wanted everyone to think I was a Michael Jackson impersonator, really. You know, I, I didn't even know I could do it until I started doing a lot of sound-alikes in the early 80s. Um, there were TV shows like Magnum P.I. and you know, oh, I don't know. There was just so many shows. And they used to um, hire people like me to sing, to imitate the songs that were in the top 40 at the time, you know, that were classic rock songs or, or that were on the radio. And they would put them on the jukebox in the background of a bar scene or in the, in the car radio while they're having a scene in the car. It was kind of a trend back then. So I was on about nine or ten uh, primetime shows a season. Uh, just doing all this kind of sound-like stuff. And Michael Jackson was one of the things I used to do, you know, just for fun. I would do, you know, a minute or so of a different Michael Jackson song. But I also did lots of other people, Billy Joel and Mick Jagger and Sting and, you know, whoever was on the radio at the time. So um, when I was working for The Simpsons, I had already done a few things for them when they called and said that Michael Jackson was recommending me uh, and – it was as funny to them as it was to me because they already knew me. We were all friends. I'd already worked on the show. And suddenly they said, Michael Jackson says he wants you to do him on uh for for this episode of The Simpsons. And the truth is, I'm not sure exactly how it all happened, but I think that the Flintstones thing happened first. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, the Flintstones
2: was in nineteen eighty eight and then the the uh, Simpsons episode was in nineteen ninety.
1: Yeah, so I was doing these sound-alikes, and um, there was a, a DJ in L.A. named Rick Dees, and we got hired to do uh, a whole package for him of promo stuff, so we would imitate whatever was on the radio at the time and do, you know, a little a little bit of a, a famous song. So I did uh, The Way You Make Me Feel, but I, it was, you know, Rick Dees or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. And I did my mm-hmm. podcast, and then he heard it. And so then his people reached out to me for the Flintstones thing. Uh, I think it was the Flintstones thing. Maybe it was Heard It Through the Grapevine, you know, the um, California Raisins thing. I also did the voice on that one.
2: You did that one as well? Did that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. Like, I've been yeah. researching that for, like, the last week. And I've, I've, I've yeah. tried to get hold of, um, of um, uh, Will Vendry, uh to no avail. And Because I, I, I knew for a fact that it wasn't Michael Jackson, but I had no clue. Yeah. But I was like, oh, man, it, I was going to ask you that. If that was you, that is amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that was, that was really trippy, too. So I'm not sure whether that was before or after the Flintstones. I think it's after Flintstones. But... Yeah, it
2: was, it was after.
1: Okay. And, um, and what's funny about that gig was that, you know, the, their camera crew was there filming my mouse because they have to animate to a mouse. You know, they have to see an actual human mouth. In order to make the clay work right and all that, and uh, so what's funny is they've got all the Michael Jacksons, everything else on there, all his costumes and his outfits, and everything. But when I'm doing the singing as the raisin, it's my mouth that's on this little raisin. That crazy. is
2: amazing. Yeah. We're, we're, I'm gonna have to contact these these people, to make sure you get credit for this because <laughs> it's like I, I couldn't find it on like the IMDb yeah. or anything. So yeah, we'll have to we'll have to fix that. But that's that's um, so
1: awesome! That's so cool to hear. For get. me, you know, for me, I'm a I'm a session singer. You know, I, I'm a gun for hire, and so uh, you know, getting credit for that kind of stuff. You know, I know I did it. My kids know. My family knows. You know, it's, it's, I don't. You know, that stuff doesn't really matter that much to getting the credit as much as it is. It's it's a lot of fun to do these kinds of things. You know, one time uh, I used to sing on a TV show called Solid Gold back in the day, and they always had special guests every week, and uh, and boy George was on doing a duet with uh, Dionne Warwick. And for the life of him he just couldn't sing this one harmony party. He was a lead vocalist who didn't really understand how harmonies worked. And uh and I was there and he knew that I could imitate him and so I ended up singing all the choruses with Dion Warwick on the prerecord and nobody ever knew. He went on national television and he mounted my vocals wow. and the chorus and we all had a big laugh and you know it's it's fun and you know, it's a fun thing. Wow, That is it's really awesome. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was the, the same goes for the Michael Jackson stuff. I, I I never I still don't think I sound just like him. I sound like a, a parody of Michael Jackson, but he got a kick out of that, you know. And I captured enough of his caricatures that it worked perfectly for cartoons and a raisin and you know that kind of thing. So um, by the time they called me for the, the Simpsons, I had already done the raisin commercial and the the, the Flintstones.
2: That, that, is, that is phenomenal. Um, you know, I do have to say, you, you do sound very similar to Michael Jackson. To a, you know, a lot of people who probably don't listen to Michael on an everyday basis would still believe to this day that it was, you know, that it might have actually been Michael on that, because I, I was actually listening to the uh, commentary on The Simpsons, and some of them that work for The Simpsons still believe that Michael <laughs> might have done so.
1: <laughs> no, so was, I mean, that whole story, I mean, I don't know if you've seen it anywhere else. I mean... Oh, yeah, you know, i searched it up and down. <laughs> yeah, um, it really was really trippy, because I still hadn't met him. I'd already done all these projects for him, but I hadn't met him. And, you know, normally when I work on The Simpsons, it's all post-production. But this is, this is pre-production, so that means, uh, you know, I had never met the cast. I'd worked on the show for a couple years by then, and I'd never met anybody on the show, you know? You know, musicians tend to just do everything post-animation. So... Mm-hmm. um, So to go to a table read like that and have the whole cast there and have Jim Brooks there, you know, uh, the director, directing the episode, and Matt Braining and everybody, I was just as excited to meet all of them as I was to meet Michael Jackson. I mean, uh, Michael Jackson was always like an idol of mine when I was a kid because he's a couple years older than me. He's probably about four years older than me, something like that. And uh, so, I mean, literally the first few times I was ever even – singing out loud by myself in my house at the top of my lungs because I was always doing Never Can Say Goodbye and stuff like that. Cause we had the same range, and, you know, uh, I really, really admired him when he was, you know, in the Jackson 5. So I was excited to meet him. And, of course, you know, everybody knew the Thriller album, and, and I actually prefer the Off the Wall album to all of his other albums. I just think it's amazing. but um, So I was excited to meet him, but I didn't know what what was going to happen. You know, nobody was allowed to have any cameras there. No filming, no autographs, nothing like that. And by the time he arrived, we were all sitting at the table ready to go. And I still hadn't met him. And then Jim Brooks said, Okay, everybody, let's uh let's start and Michael comes in and he didn't have an entourage. Just him by himself with a glove and a hat and you know, it was like it was literally like Thomas Jefferson walking into the room or Mickey Mouse or something, you know. It was he wow.
3: like,
1: was so iconic that you know, because he was right at the peak of his Michael Jackson-ness. You know, it's not it's not like meeting some classic rock artist who used to be, you know, whoever. You know, yeah. this, this is him at his absolute peak of popularity. So it was very iconic and, and sort of, uh, it, <laughs> it was really strange. It was a heightened reality for a little while there. So he sits the <laughs> cross from me and we start doing the run-through. And it's, you know, it's a really funny script and whatever. And it gets to the point, I think the first time I sing is when, when he says, you know, to Homer in prison, he says, you know, See, if you don't think I'm Michael Jackson, well, listen to this, you know. And then mm-hmm. I have to do – I think it was Billy Jean. I, I don't know. I think it was Billy Jean. It was <laughs> uh, Yeah. And I literally – you know, it's one thing to be in the studio with effects on your voice and music and all that, but to just a cappella imitate somebody who's sitting across from you in a room full of strangers.
3: You know, I've never even met
1: the cast. And literally – Everybody turns, because here, everyone's shifting in their seats, turning and looking at this dude, like, okay, let's see what you got, you know. I mean, it, was, it was really strange. I mean, luckily, I was a, I was a, a veteran by then of a million sessions, and so this was just one session of a million, you know. So it I wasn't like I was thinking, oh, my God, my whole career depends on this. And I like I could do enough of an imitation that it would get a laugh, you know.
3: It's mm-hmm. more about
1: it being funny. It's like drawing a cartoon of someone. You want to capture the extremities, you know, so that people – you know, get the get the flavor of that person, you know, so I started singing, and I sang whatever it was, and everybody burst into applause, everybody's laughing, and, and he's smiling, and I mean, I still haven't even shaken his hand, it was weird, weirdest thing, and, uh, <laughs> and he's sitting right across the table from me, so then we do the whole thing, and then by then I did Ben, and I did, we didn't do Happy Birthday Lisa because uh, he had just gotten me the, the tape of that, which is also weird to get a cassette from. Yeah. Songs that you know, that nobody's gonna hear except me. And now it's on the internet, you know. But at the time, I wasn't supposed to play it for anyone. It was just so I could learn the song he wrote. You know, having. singers and stuff, and I'd already done him on so many projects, but I figured he'd kind of be comfortable. No. So, uh, kind of small-talked a little bit, and he was, he was very warm, he was very nice, and you'd never say he was a jerk. So it seemed like that's almost like his uh, his safety system, is to just sort of wall up around himself, you know, and uh, isolate himself a little bit, you know, which was a shame, because he was around a bunch of people that were giving him a lot of space. You
3: know?
1: Yeah. And, uh, so, then we started the actual show, recording, and he and I were right next to each other in one booth. There's all the different characters. And it was really interesting to watch him. He would get the kick out of doing his dialogue and then getting big laughs in the room and everything. And then I would do, I did Ben and I did, you know, Billy Jean and all that stuff. And, uh, but he was, he was so shy and so quiet that by the time we were doing, we were getting to the end of it, like, James Brooks was saying things to me like, okay, uh, we need Michael to do like a little whoop or a little something. Do you think you could, uh, Chip, what would Michael do? <laughs> so he's asking me what would Michael do? And <laughs> Michael's standing right next to me. And it was so strange, so then I did a hee hee, or whatever I did, I don't know.
3: And, yeah.
1: and everybody laughed and, and cheers. And then, so help me, Michael actually said, yeah, that's what I would <laughs> <laughs> It was so strange. Was, the whole thing was very strange. And then he was suddenly, you know, saying goodbye, and he was gone, and and the truth is, I don't even know. I mean, 25 years later, we did the, the Hollywood Bowl. Three nights at the Hollywood Bowl to celebrate the 25th anniversary of uh, Simpsons. And so, I went, I did Happy Birthday, Lisa, and I don't know, maybe you've seen those videos. Um, oh, yeah. And um and even the cast and the producers and the writers and now the people that are working there now that weren't even born when we did that show, they nobody really knows the reason. I never knew the real reason why he didn't sing. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so many theories, like you, like you mentioned, you know. Uh, he didn't he, – he was definitely an artist, so he didn't want to release anything with his voice on it that hasn't been, you know – Combed over a million times and worked on and overdubbed and fixed it. You know, it took him a long time to to release things because he wanted them to be right. So I would think, as a recording artist, he wouldn't want to release anything that's just done on the fly like that. So, you know, with his reputation on the line. So that's 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 part of it. Yeah, and, you know, some people said it was contractual, that's why his name wasn't on the credits. And some people said he just thought the whole thing was funny, so he wanted to be cloak and dagger about it all. So we never, ever did find out the real reason. But it was really funny to do the 25th anniversary thing because there were so many young people that had been working on The Simpsons by then that they sort of considered that time the golden age, you know. And everybody wanted to know the story, the story I just told you, because they weren't there, there's no recording of it, there's no photos, there's nothing. And uh, it was really trippy. And it was trippy to walk out on stage at the Hollywood Bowl and have Yardley introduce the scene then have Nancy and I walk out, people were so endeared, they loved that song so much, the Happy Birthday Lisa, that you've got seventeen thousand people every night going, aww, you know, and then you can feel them go, huh? Like, because they see that I'm like this, you know, mid-50s white guy,
3: <laughs> <You know?
1: laughs> and, uh, and so that really gets this funny reaction, and then once I start singing, they're like, oh, that's the guy, you know, it's really... Really, uh, it was really a funny situation, but it was also—you can't lose. People love that so much, and you walk oh, yeah. the and you're with Bart, and you're doing a duet, and there's teleprompters, and everybody is so happy that it was, the, it was one of the easiest gigs I ever did.
2: <laughs> that, that's an amazing story, and I, I really yeah. do appreciate you telling me that. Like, I mean, because yeah, that, that song Happy Birthday Lisa, even throughout the years, has become you know such a, first off, a really big song for the Simpsons. I mean, of course, you know, yeah. written by Michael Jackson. It's crazy, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and the people to this day still have a deep feel for that song. Um, yeah. So, you know, I speaking of other, you know, work that you've done as well, uh, I, I heard rumor that you also did uh, vocal work for Michael Jackson on the Jackson's American Dream. Was that yeah. true?
1: I did. I did. Uh, I sang Never can Take a Bite. Which was oh, okay. Because, like I mentioned before, that was one of the songs I used to sing around the house when I was a kid.
3: Uh-huh.
1: But what was funny was, I was supposed to, because I think Randy or somebody, I don't know who it was, I think it might have be been Randy or Marlon that was producing it. And by then I'd already done The Simpsons, and they knew that I could do, you know, a fair enough version of him. Um, and uh, what was funny, though, was I was supposed to conjure up in my head how the Michael Jackson of the 1980s would sing Never Can Say Goodbye as opposed <laughs> to the 12-year-old or the 13-year-old that he was when he did it. So uh-huh. that was weird because I, I had no reference other than, okay, I know the song really well, and I just have to pretend that I'm Michael Jackson from Thriller, you know, era. Uh-huh. Never Can Say Goodbye. And uh, but it worked out okay, you know, i I think I might have heard it recently. It was okay, you know. You know, I did all right. <laughs>
2: that is awesome. Yeah, that is so yeah. cool to hear.
1: And uh, it's really, you know, it was it really broke my heart. You know, obviously it broke everybody's heart when he when he passed away. Uh, it kind of ironic that a friend of mine had just gotten that tour uh, as one of the background singers, and it was so quick that he he literally reached out to me to fill in for him on in some cover band that he was in, like a corporate band to play big, corporate events, And so I had learned all these songs for this guy, this guy Ken. And Ken was texting me during the week saying, oh, my God, we're rehearsing with Michael. And last night we had the most amazing night. He, he really did show up, and it was like, wow, this is really going to happen. Because up until then, we thought he might be a little under the weather. And and uh, and literally, this is the night before he died. Ken was oh, me really on the way home from rehearsal saying, he killed it tonight. He was like... Be Michael Jackson, and this tour is going to be amazing. And thanks so much for covering me on this band and all this stuff. And so then I go to the rehearsal, and I'm rehearsing these cover tunes with this band, a bunch of guys I've never met. And all of our phones go off at the same time because you know that's world news. Everybody's texting everybody. And it was such a one-two punch. Obviously, the biggest punch being that Michael Jackson just died was like it seemed impossible. But then it, it, it occurred to everyone secondly, I encourage everyone that I'm not in this band anymore, and that Ken's coming back, and the, the whole thing was just so surreal. It just broke my heart, the tragedy of it all, that you can have everything and have nothing. It's just heartbreaking, you know, that mm. you can you can be such an amazing talent and give so much to the world, and then be surrounded with doctors who will give you that much crap, and, and a family that will let you take that much crap, and, you know, a huge family of people, but we take care of each other. You we know? don't we don't take advantage of each other and leech on each other the way people did with him. That just breaks my heart. You know, and he was the, he was the goose that laid the golden egg, so they gave, they fed him whatever he wanted and they just they take care of him. Heartbeat.
2: Yeah, was very heartbreaking.
1: Um, oh, and you asked me about uh, I, I don't know anything about the Barkman thing. I don't know anything about that. I mean, I, I sang on it at Hollywood Bowl, but that's, I don't know who how that all came about or anything. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Um, so how was it coming back to uh, Leon Kompowski on the last season?
1: That was cool. First of all, in the interim, it's nice because I have teenage kids now, and uh, they're 17 and 19 years old. and So they've watched the episode a bunch of times, of course, and read the different magazine articles and stuff. And, and, uh, and I have a little, uh, like, an action figure of Kompowski and a little sticker and a big button. You know, there's a few things I found on the Internet. And, and the Raisin, the California Raisin, black Jackson. So, you know, they get a kick out of all that stuff. But this time around, when they called me, it was fun because I'd already been doing a few things for them lately anyway. Um, and, um, and it was summer, so my son was in town. My son, Roman, who's supposed to use CSP, was in town. So I got to bring him with me, which is really a cool thing. When, when you're a dad – are you a dad yet?
2: Oh, no, not yet. Uh, okay. Unless you count animals. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I do, actually. I do. But, but when you're a dad, I'm a human. Um, it's really nice. You can count on only, you know, a few fingers, you know, the times when you can feel really cool in front of your kids, because that's just the nature of things, you know, as you're getting older their generation is doing things that they think are cool.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: And I'm super close with my boys, super, super close, and they're good kids. But, you know, it's really nice, like, when I toured with Roger Waters and we did the wall tour, and I can take them backstage at the Coliseum or at Fenway Park and, you know, that kind of stuff. That's when, it's like, there's these moments that are so beautiful and so for me to take him to 20th Century Fox and go do you know, another verse of Happy Birthday Lisa it was really cool because even the, the, the producers of that session were, were in their early 30s I think so to them they were so happy to have me there they were so nice but like when I did the first take they were laughing and, and punching each other and and saying, yeah, that's it, that's exactly it, you know. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm trying to make it like a regular session, like, guys, you know, let's do a few more takes. You know? Yeah. That so, so work me a little bit. Make me work for it, you know. But they were so reverent because it's all so mythical, now, in the world. Oh, yeah. It's funny to watch them go, I'm good, you're good, I'm good, you know. And I was like, no. Yeah. no I, I finally had to go, like, let's do about four or five takes, and then when I leave, you can pick which one do you think is the best. <laughs> <just feel> <laughs> So we're walking in the car and my son's going, Dad, that's really weird, man. That's really funny that they it's so cool, you know. It was great. It was it was really cool. I actually haven't
0: got to see it. I was out of town when
1: it when it aired and uh and I never got a video of it, so I haven't actually
2: did they show Leon Kapowski? Oh yeah, yeah, he um I I just saw the the clip recently and uh, uh yeah, he comes in the he comes in the the room with Lisa and does it all like like sings the song again with, yeah, I was like I was like, Wow, that is super neat
1: i got to look. Is it on YouTube, you think?
2: Um, I, I know for sure it's on Hulu. I think the entire episode's on Hulu.
1: Okay. I'll I'll find it. I just got to find it. If you could send me a link, that would be great.
3: Oh, I uh, definitely will, yeah. Yeah.
1: Because uh, I know that sounds a little pretentious to not have seen it, but they're just... Oh, of- no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you do these things like... You do these things months and months in advance, and then all of a sudden it's a random Sunday night, and you just kind of forget, you know? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so... So, have you ever thought, like, you know, um, of of doing, like, a full gig of Michael Jackson songs or anything like that? No,
1: no, no, way. In fact, somebody, after he passed away, people were doing a lot of tribute tours and things. Mm-hmm. People were asking me if I wanted to do that. And, you know, I don't claim to be that, I'm, gonna, I'm not an impersonator that way, you know, to do an, a whole show where, you know, I do all his songs and all, I don't know, I think it's a, it's a nice thing to have a small dose of, and it's a great memory, and I wouldn't want to sort of muddy the, the waters of the memory of me doing that with, with me also looking like maybe I'm taking advantage of that, you know? Yeah. I'm of his legacy to sort of take advantage of that and, and do a sort of half-assed job. And I mean, even if I did a great job, that's just not my thing. You know, I have my own band, and I do other same things, and I tour with other people, and, you know, I just love having the, that memory of Michael Jackson being this perfect uh it was perfect. Everything just worked out perfectly, and everybody was happy with it. And, you
2: know, I think I'm happy with that. <laughs> well, thank you, and, and, and we do thank yeah. you so much for doing it because it was, it is, it is one of the neatest stories in the history of Michael Jackson. That's uh, yeah. right. Like, it's funny doing the episode. It's like it, it was just going to be about Michael Jackson's appearance on The Simpsons, and it turned into this whole thing because you know, mostly due to the secrecy about a lot of it. But you know, yeah. it ended up being such a neat. Interesting story. And, yeah, I really do appreciate you, you know, taking the time to yeah. talk to me about it. Yeah, sure.
1: You know, so, so they didn't um, – so I don't have a credit on the, on the Jackson family
2: one? Um, you know, I, I, I haven't checked the – because uh, getting the actual uh, VHS of it is quite difficult. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I haven't actually seen the, I haven't seen the VHS of it. Most of it, you know, most okay. of the time you can see it online. Um, but I don't think they, they name most of the credits on there. And yeah, right. I think there might have been a credit I'll have to go back to IMDB because there's so many on there. Um yeah. but the one thing that I didn't notice the credit for was the one on uh, the Just Say No episode. Um and I you know but you, you answered that. That's because you just did a lot of different sessions and uh but do you think that do you think it could have been because uh because it, it did give a really big thank you on the Flintstones episode to Michael Jackson. Um, even though all he provided was the rights to the beat oh, track, right. yeah, yeah. And so I just didn't know if you were credited under a pseudonym as well, or if they just didn't yeah. put it in there.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, you know, all those things came such a flurry, and I was in the middle of doing lots of other sessions too, and jingles and people's albums and stuff. That so I never, you know, I, have, I don't follow up on that stuff to see. Oh, I didn't get a credit, or you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just not that important to me. I mean, I suppose. If I'm trying to build up some kind of legacy, I like, should check that kind of stuff. But, <laughs> I just like to do a good job and have a good time, and you know, you know, it's more about Michael Jackson
2: than it is about me. So, well, it's, it's definitely amazing, and uh, you are very amazing. And uh, I, I, I looked into like the the um, the work that you do as well for um, the arts in California. Like that's uh, such a neat thing, and so I want to say thank you for doing that as well.
1: Oh yeah, um, yeah, definitely. You got to get back wherever you can.
2: Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And, yeah, I, I think that's all the questions that I have for you. Um,
1: yeah, if you have any other questions, whatever, just, you know, give me a holler, no big deal.
2: Awesome. I really do appreciate it. You, you, you've been
1: oh. one of the
2: nicest people I've talked to, and I really do appreciate it.
1: <laughs> well, that's another thing that drives me crazy about showbiz. You have no, no idea how many times people have said that to me or to us as a band. And I think, what are these other people doing? <laughs> what, what the hell kind of humility do they have that they are such – jerks to people because all I'm doing is being polite and the way you're supposed to be the way you're raised, <laughs> supposed to be nice. It's just a job like any other job. Oh, I yeah. know. I knew, I do know one funny story when, 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 uh, Nancy and I were doing happy birthday, Lisa, you know, it was on a different day. And, uh, so I had back then, a little cassette player with me so I could keep referring to Michael's cassette. So I, so I got the licks right and everything. And, um, and nancy's standing there with me and we're we're just new friends because i hadn't met her before even though i'd sung on a lot of episodes and uh they're having some downtime back then you know they'd have to change tapes and stuff so we're just sort of sitting there killing time and i realized oh my god i have a tape recorder i have michael jackson i mean i have Bart Simpson sitting here maybe i'll ask her to do my uh my outgoing phone message for my machine <laughs> right so i asked her to do it and she's so nice she's of course, of course so at the time I was living with uh, guys that are in my band so like my cousin and my friend. so um, so she said like you know if, if I can't do part but she was saying like you know don't have a cow man you know if Kip and Scott and Mike are not home right now leave a message cow bunger whatever she said so I I took it home I put it on my outgoing machine and it was completely worthless because nobody believes that it was the real bar. the last thing anybody, you know, who would ever thinks the real bars did you miss? And so they go like, oh, yeah, Kip, that's pretty good. Listen, to yeah, stop, give me a call or whatever. You know, like, it was completely, like, it was completely worthless. So I eventually just took it off, and I, I have it on a cassette somewhere. I have Michael Jackson singing that and then her doing that. It's pretty funny.
2: <laughs> so that is amazing. I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that cassette tape's probably worth a little bit of money right about now. <laughs> you know,
1: it probably is, and it's sitting in a box somewhere. So, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Oh well. Anyway, all right. Well, nice to meet you, man. Nice to, nice to meet you. you as well. Uh, Thank you very much yeah. again. I
2: hope you have a good day.
1: Cool. You too. All
0: right. Such an awesome guy. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Moonwalk Talks please don't forget to rate and subscribe to moonwalk talks on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And for those of you on YouTube, please click that subscribe button and give this episode a thumbs up. Please follow at moonwalk talks on Twitter and Instagram. And if you have any questions, comments or show ideas for us, please send an email to Jenkins at Jenkins.net. It's always great hearing from you all. Once again, I have been your host Jenkins and don't forget, Whatever happens, keep your head up, keep the faith, and don't forget to smile.